With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Colton Collective Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dave AC and the Sixth Doctor. everybody and welcome back to the Coltham Collective Podcast. Yes, I'm on a week's leave from my other job, the 20 Megabyte Podcast. Uh, yeah, I've been kind of uh, shanghaied, I think. I think that's the term for it, I think. Yeah, shanghaied? Yeah, we'll call it that. Anyway, uh, I'm I'm back by his side. It is Mr. Dave A.C. Cooper. Hello, Dave. Uh, you weren't shanghaied. Uh, 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 a certain person uh, palmed my... Uh, uh, Sorry, was, was it uh, crossed my palm with silver? Uh, I, I sold you on. Uh, you, you were. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Twenty-five p was it? <laughs> oh no, I got more than that. I got about five dollars, I think. Ooh. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, I'm doing well then. Adam says we can, you know, we can hit him over the head with one of these sandbags. Or, uh, I'll give you five dollars. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Right, yeah, so we'll more about more about that later as to as to what we've been up to. Um but yeah, so we're back for another one of our monthly check-ins. We kind of shifted around a bit uh because uh uh there was a time lash last week that I needed to uh, attend to at uh, the twenty twenty megabiters. Um it's one of my favorite episodes, so I wanna hang around for that one. This week I just phoned it in. That's all. Yeah, I sent them an audio uh audio feedback and so ta-da, we're here. And uh, it looks like we uh, picked a good week to to do this. So uh, for a couple of reasons, but we'll get that in a minute. Is it, see, there's nobody under the cone. I'm all I'm all at sixes and sevens because I can't lower the cone. Um, so yeah, yeah I should, so one really, uh, one other person to what what I should give what? you some information though. You said you weren't here last week uh, because of um, you know being elsewhere. It was funny. I saw somebody in because they got lashed. Yeah, I saw somebody in your coat walk across the room and I was sure they were there, but it turned out to be either an after image or a, a future image as they walked across the room. I don't know, I know you can explain. Yeah, that. I, 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 I think I recall that because I remember somebody, somebody yelling out, who's that right, Herbert? <laughs> yeah. yeah it's moving my stuff. Yeah, that's, it's, it's Wells, 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 Wells. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, enough enough sandbagging, as we were saying. Uh, there's only one person really introduced. Um, Mike was here, and then um, and then left again. Oh, I don't know if he'll show up. And um, yeah, since we moved things around on Cyber, we're not sure if he's uh, showing up. But we'll give him a pass today. So, no, without any further ado, it's the typing monkey. Goats. Go, typing monkey. Go! It's news time. Hey, I'm, right. just, I'm just wondering if Adam Shanghai. Uh... Mike, you never know. Could have. 
He could have done. Have. He could have hmm. done. I see. Yeah. Oh, fine. Ne- never mind. Onwards and upwards. We've got lots to deal with today. Lots to cover. Yes. So, um, who's starting off with the news? Because, well, there's one piece of news that we're both dying to talk about. So I'll let you take it, Dave. Well, I'll I'll give a bit of personal news. Uh, happy birthday, Matthew. That's oh. the song. This is birthday. Yay! Happy birthday, Matthew. Yeah, that embarrassing. You're welcome for keeping your dad out of trouble for all these years. <laughs> yeah, he's not too old to be uh, embarrassed by his dad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I don't think he'd be caught dead listening to us, but there you go. So, we might be safe. <laughs> That's the same with my kids. Like, doing that show. Yeah, you want us to do it? No. Right then. Oh, I, I, actually, I actually got away with it, you know. I'll give a bit of a secret. Uh, I knew he wasn't listening to it, but um, he got one of these, um, oh, it was a while back now, these, um, you know, the Google smart voices where you say, you haven't got one in your room, have you? I can say, hey, Google, yeah. can't I? Yeah. So I was, so, I, 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 I feigned a lot of interest in that. I said, oh, uh, can you say, hey, Google, play Colton Collective? Hey Google, can you play Big and Fruity? Hey, I wonder if it's happening now while I'm doing this. Hey Google, can you play Never Isolated Podcast? You see, and uh, I think I got at least three listens out of it that way. <laughs> no, now we're getting about at least three complaints by the next show. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think. Oh, you know, get me into trouble. We have, see, we have this problem on on uh, on the Twenty Megabyte Podcast too because um, they have. Uh, um, these things in their in their offices and stuff. So, yeah, people call them out all the time. Yeah. I got one, but the, the good thing about me, me and mine is, it doesn't understand a thing I say. I can ask it what the weather's like. Yeah, I have nothing. Sorry, I didn't quite get that. <laughs> okay, well, uh, uh, yeah. since we both want to cover that thing about Doctor Who, let me just do a couple of uh, non-Doctor Who pieces of news. And, and this is... Um, uh, from the AV forums, which is one of the forums that I, I do uh, follow quite a bit because of the technology. But they've been doing uh, at the moment as, um, you know, there's been a lot of people watching comfort programs and all the things. And, uh, I mean, I've even heard that, um, you know, babies uh, being pulled out of the corner again because uh, the Patrick Swayze movie is um, is being uh, going to be a remake of that 50 years on. Um are they, are they eyeing it up for like a TV series? Or oh. like a, I, thought was, I thought it was aiming for TV, like HBO or something like that. As a, uh, well, they might have changed their mind on that. TV. But um, other than that, what's happening is there's, um, because all the big movies are being delayed. And, and, and it's strange, you know, because with some of the uh, cinema releases now, they've actually cut down. You remember when you used to have to wait two years for a film to be shown on the cinema before it actually, you could get it on a DVD or a video? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, criterion, I think, have reduced it down to 17 days, which is literally wow. t- two weekends openings. And then, I mean, I'm sure that on the big ones, you know, uh, remake of Top Gun that came out and other things like that, and the uh, when Black Widow comes right. out and, and so on. And then, of course, we've had the change with Mulan, uh, the live version, uh, Susan Mulan, that been a big round about that because that's gone straight to streaming and they wanted that to go in the cinemas the cinemas were desperate for people to go and see them because here in the uk now you have to wear a mask in the cinema even with 
you know, various seats, plank tough. But on the AV forums, what they've been doing is that uh, because the big release is not coming out, it's given a breathing space for some fantastic ultra 4K Blu-ray releases to come out. Uh, I made a note of a few. Mm. Uh, Doctor Strangelove is coming out. And some of these, by the way, are black, oh. and, black and white ones. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. That's a James Stewart one that's uh, it's about 70 yeah. years old, that movie. movie. Um, and then there are other things. Flash Gordon. Apparently Flash Gordon has had a super-duper release, you know, on about four or six discs. And it looks alive. Who's alive? Gordon's alive. Well done. So you're talking about the, the, the movie rather than the... Yeah, uh... yeah. yeah, the Flash Gordon. And oh, of course, wow. it was done in deeply drenched colour, as you know. So apparently, if you've yeah. got an H, um, HDR uh, colour TV, you know, with the 10-bit colour and all that, apparently it looks absolutely super. And they've done pretty good with the um, with the audio as well. Uh, and the reviewer on the AV forums, I think the only complaint I saw was... Um, 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 where they've got the flying hawks, uh, they've cleaned off the cables. And somebody was saying, you know, right. I think they should have left the cables. <laughs> you, you know, when they're swooping down, you can see the, uh, the yeah. they're all doing wire work. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, flash I'll have to get that then because I, I do have that on. I think I got a Blu-ray. It was one of the cheap bin Blu-rays though with, you know, they might have had like the original trailer and maybe a, you know, one of those 15-minute behind-the-scenes things from Tomorrow's World right. bunged on it just for, you know, it was the cheapest things that they could put on as extras. Um, but, yeah, uh, I'll have to get that one because it is. It's a it's a great-looking movie. Just, I mean, it's cheesy as all get out, but it's gorgeous. It's lush. It's just everything's satin and shiny and gold and blues and reds. And, oh, it's just beautiful to just watch. And plus... When it's getting upgraded like that, that means the music supplied by Queen and Freddie Mercury. One of the best soundtracks that you can really have. It's, the soundtrack's better than the movie. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but well, the movie is still... It's, it's, I mean, I'm not denigrating the movie at any point, but it's like, you know, that, that, that's just, it's just a brilliant soundtrack. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, it gives you people going here. Flash! It's like brilliant. Yeah, I shouldn't really be advertising them now because they're actually on in competition with us at the moment. Because at seven pm, which is UK time as is now, that's two. Well, when we started, they started with the AV forums, and you can catch that on YouTube. They do about an hour and a half. Uh, they they take questions, but um, a lot of people are donating that. Uh, I'm not saying you have to donate to get your question answered, but if you donate five dollars, you're more likely to get your question answered. Let's put it that way. But it's really great. But Kaz uh, Harlow, which is one of the guys that does the reviews, uh, he does some fantastic reviews. Real keen. The poor guy was watching something like 18 hours of blue films a day at one time. But uh, listen to what he says about Flash Gordon. Wildly overacted, nonsensical, with cheap effects that haven't aged well at all. Flash Gordon is an unbelievably entertaining ride, held together by some tremendously over-the-top set and costume design, and one hell of a score from Queen. And um, it gets fantastic ratings. Um, the extras get ten, uh, really good. 
so that is really uh, good. Um, other films, things like uh, Jeremy Maguire's got to release, um, and also uh, they're going through the Star Wars with um, Ultra H, I think, Star Wars 9, uh, uh, The Rise of uh, Skywalker, is it? Um, Skywalker. Empire, yeah, yeah. Um, Empire Strikes Back. In fact, all of them are getting that treatment, I think. Um, um, so, really, um, it's given breathing space because the, the, on this AV forums, and I'll stop on this about AV forums, uh, they were saying that uh, streaming is killing off, you know, uh, proper discs. Uh, people are not buying them. Right. Um, and ironically, the, one of the reasons is, you know, you can stream it for $10, but the disc costs $25. And they've gone the opposite way. They're now bringing out super, you know, um, what do they call them, um, steelbook ones with all the extras, and they put the price up to $45. But basically, they're differentiating themselves. A little bit like they're doing with, uh, we'll get on to the uh, two stump, where they're actually bringing them out on vinyl records because, you know, you've got bigger artwork and so on. This is talking about audio now. Right. Um, simply because yeah. uh, streaming does the job. It's far easier to sit down. And I mean, I, having said that, I mean, I've been on Netflix myself, I'm sure you have, where I've spent 40 minutes trying to pick yeah. something and then I've run out of time to watch oh, it. Right. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I've been having a blast at the moment, actually. And uh, if you're done, yeah. I'll on move that, us yeah. on to the next yeah. thing. Um, I've been just, yeah, you know, looking for new content. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been dabbling into Stargate Atlantis, which is great to kind of just put on. Right. Um, so if you've, it's a good for a revisit if anybody wants to. It's on Hulu uh, over here. I don't know about over your neck of the woods. But I've also been looking out for some, uh, we've been watching Taskmaster. I think I brought that up last time. It's a right. really good show. Um, it just had a launch on the CW over here, but apparently it didn't go well. And so they might shunt it off onto CW Seed for the rest of its life. But that's 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 the difference between British and, and American comedy. It's like I I wish Americans got that kind of humor because I think it's where Americans have a problem is they just don't get this kind of stuff. And you know we bring this great these great ideas over here and they just die in America. It's crazy. But uh, I also found it's it's an old show, but. Um, because of what they do, it's kind of ageless. It's it's called uh, Dara O'Brien's uh, Go Eight Bit, and it finished in 2018. But on um, you can find it online, and it's it's a fantastic show where they have yeah, it's a regular British panel game, right. but everybody brings a game that they want to play. You know, and uh, their old favorite game, the best game, the game they're best at, and they play like you know, and it's it's really great. And there's some interesting factoids about video games. Um, when I was telling Dave about was the, the, the Sega cartridge that, you know, when you booted it up, it went, Sega! That took up like an eighth of the cartridge. That's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was some really interesting stuff in there. So if you're into video games, you want something lighthearted to kind of put on while you're playing video games. Um, yeah, go 8-bit. Find yeah. it. It's probably on YouTube somewhere. Yeah. Um, Two bits of fun. So that's really, really that. good. To follow up on that before you move on. One is, yeah. you only got yeah. my interest when you said Rachel Riley was on, on one episode. So yeah. that got, got uh -huh. interested. And the other thing is, when you went to talking about Star uh, Stargate Atlantis, is that the one where Jason Moa uh, um, got his start? You know, Aquaman. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. That's, that's yeah, Jason Momoa kind of, yeah, it's like when, when he became Aquaman, and I'm like, 
you mean the guy from Atlantis? <laughs> Everybody else is like, oh, it's Aquaman. I'm like, yeah, the guy from Atlantis. <laughs> Yeah. They're like, yeah, that's Rockman. Like, I go, no, 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 not that. Atlanta. It's Target. Atlanta. Yeah, he's brilliant in that. It's one of those things is like, it does give me an appreciation going back and watching it. And I think, to be honest, they don't didn't give him enough sometimes. Right, right. Because some of his delivery in that is just really good. And I really love it. You know, he's like, and yeah. So it's, it's great kind of having this chance of, you know, Going Just going back and, and enjoying things again to, to make ourselves feel comfortable when things are a little hectic outside. And uh, um, since Dave's got me looking, yeah, I just want to give some people some more details on the whole Flash Gordon thing. But this is a, and uh, Dave may have said it already, but I'm reiterating, yeah. they have gone back to the original. It's a brand new 4K restoration um, from the original camera negatives approved by the director, Mike Hodges. So, yeah. Um, and then there's tons of stuff. There's interviews with you know, Sam Jones, Malias, and Brian Blessed. Uh, there's two different things out there. Um, there's, of course, the $20 version, the special edition. And then there's the limited edition, which is, uh, at least in the U.S., it's about uh, $42.99, and it's got lots more stuff with it. Extra discs, I think there's a... Uh, I don't know. There's, yeah, they've got audio commentaries that look like they were brought over from, from a previous feature. But yeah. um, well, the one thing I wanted to bring up, because we started talking about this whole Blu-ray thing, is, and I'd kind of get told off if I didn't, but coming up later this year, actually, October 20th, 2020, uh, Back to the Future, the Ultimate Trilogy 4K Blu-ray is released. So, yeah, and there's going to be a couple of versions of that as well. Um, but of course, all three movies, again, in 4K. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I tend to, I don't know about you, Dave, but I tend to head over to Blu-ray.com. I tend to do a really good job of tracking, like, you know, what versions are out there, where you can get their various different versions. They seem to cover UK, US releasing and stuff like that so if you're looking for something in particular want to see if something's being released in 4k i found it a really good place to go it's just www.blue-ray.com um it's not an ad they're not paying me i just like uh, going there well, well, again, <laughs> somebody says is this that is this that on blu-ray i'll go to blu-ray.com and find out well just again on this final thing is um they also mentioned that yeah. studio canal um had an absolutely tremendous uh, 2019 a 4k restoration so they're not just moving it from blu-rays but they're full um they've had uh, the deer hunter 4k apocalypse now 4k don't look now 4k that's a frightening film that is angel heart 4k rambo Ch trilogy 4k cliffhanger i think cliffhanger was an underrated uh sylvester stallone hit um it is a mountaineering stallone movie right yeah, it, it, it's um, it's a mixture of uh, he he has to save these people, but a bit like yeah, if you've ever seen the Iger Sanction, I suppose it's got a little bit of that about it. Uh, Lock up uh, 4K, Red Heat 4K, and Leon. If you remember Leon, uh, that was about the spy with that young girl that uh, I don't know he adopted or he was trying to protect her or whatever in that. So yeah, mm -hmm. there's some uh, fabulous stuff there, but you know. Um, 
I think we ought to move on. The, the, by the way, we, for anybody listening, there's just the two of us here on audio. We'll introduce anybody if they drop in them by. But um, right. uh, we can certainly talk for an hour and a half, so you've got no worries. But I've, got, I've still got more news too, so... Yeah, keep going. Off you go. Yeah. Um, we just heard uh, yesterday. It's actually... Normally, for us, when we do our shows, and I, maybe this is because we moved a week, Dave. I think that's right. what's happened here. Because normally all the news comes out after we do the show. <laughs> and then by the time we get around to doing the next show, it looks like we're horribly behind with everything. It's just right. like, really? We, we, we knew this already. Yeah. But so since we pushed out, we've actually been inundated with lovely news, including this, because I was just thinking about this the other day. Steven Spielberg's new animatic series will be on Hulu in November of 2020. Yes. And the other thing we found out about is Animaniacs reboot that starts November of 2020, in case you didn't get that before, has been renewed for season two already. Oh. So if you're looking out for, if you're, if you can't wait for more Animaniacs, because um, we had heard about it quite a, quite a while ago and I don't tend to like, you know, follow an awful lot of people on social media. So it could be well known. Maybe people have been talking about it, but I kind of wondered what had happened with the reboot. And, uh, and uh, Callum's really kind of into the Animaniacs. We, we sit there sometimes in the mornings on, on Saturday mornings and eat breakfast. And so get your kids into Animaniacs. It's a good show. Um, I love it. Um, so, yeah, that's that's fantastic. Uh, oh, and just going back really quick to the Back to the Future thing, I just wanted to make mention of the fact that... Um, this is probably, I think, I think we had a Blu-ray release before. This is the first 4K release, um, but they've got over an hour of all new bonus features, um, which is uh, the Hollywood Museum goes Back to the Future, uh, Back to the Future, the musical behind the scenes. Uh, for those of you who don't know, there was an actual musical, and basically the only thing that really kind of took it out was, uh, uh, I think, was was the whole you know situation we're in the moment. Um, and there's the alternate future lost audition tapes. It's interesting. I'm still waiting for the one thing that we're really, really kind of waiting for is that we know that all of the footage um, that they did before Michael J. Fox joined the cast exists. They didn't get rid of it. So it, it would just be lovely at some point. They say at some point they'll do it. And I don't know if it, I haven't seen that's going to be on these discs, but basically uh, the original actor who played Marty McFly, yeah, they, they did all, a lot of scenes. and You've seen little snippets of them, but it'd be great to see them kind of cleaned up and presented and maybe even put in so you could watch like a, almost like a, a branching version. It's like, can I watch the, you know, and they'll just slip him in and out. That'd be kind of neat just to be able to kind of see those scenes with somebody else in that part. But yeah, so I'm I'm hugely excited. So it's uh, it'd be better if it came out on Christmas, but you know. Um, so now it's like now I'm going to need Flash Gordon and this. So right. thanks, Dave. <laughs> uh, just I'm blaming you. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I, I, I've got broad shoulders. But uh, one last thing I want to mention before we get to the Doctor Who news, and uh, th- this is just to mm-hmm. prove to Perry that we, we can go highbrow, you know, we can go highbrow. Um, this is from Engadget, um, a post, and it's called... I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I've all... I mean, I've been re-watching a lot of stuff. At the moment, I'm 
flying through Smallville. <laughs> That's good, wasn't it? Because he never flies. Uh, yeah, but uh, flying through that. Yeah. Uh, I've gone through four series in about three weeks. And remember, uh, there's something like 25 episodes a series uh, with Smallville. So that's about nearly all yeah. episodes. Um, but um, um, this is called, um, it's about a book. So some people are getting, perhaps uh, wanting a break from uh, streaming audio or whatever. Uh, so just to show that we can go highbrow, hitting the books, why we'll never see the edge of the universe. Um, Andrew Tarantola uh, has mentioned this, and it's um, a book called The End of Everything, Astrologically Speaking, uh, by mm. Katie Mack. Ah, that's funny. I just went from Smallville with Katie Mack as one of the actresses because uh, she plays Joey, Joey uh, Sullivan, isn't she? she? Anyway, and this writer's called Katie Mack. It's fantastic because um, it, it, it's filled me on a few things that I didn't know because one of the first sentences in this is uh, why our observable universe is limited to 45 billion light years wide. I'm thinking, hang on a minute. The universe is only 13.8 billion, as we know uh, currently. In the first 500,000 years, like uh, the you know the, the, the space was sort of just a plasma. You couldn't light couldn't travel through it in that sense. But of course, if you can look 13.8 million one way, and in the diagonally opposite, you can look 18, 13 billion. You've already got you know. 26.16 but of course because of inflation and other things uh, there's uh, an area of the universe which you call obviously the observable uh, universe or, um, she actually refines that more it's talking about the there's a Hubble constant about um, you can only see things that have got a Hubble constant below a certain value but even that's contradicted because um, uh, certain things have a very high um um, Hubble constant uh, and we shouldn't be able to see them but we do and that's because actual fact as things get further away like Doctor Who we know with the uh, when he explains about the TARDIS in actual fact some things have got so far away they look bigger than they should look and that's to do with the, the universe expanding so they're not just moving they're expanding and I'm gabbling on because but like, I'm so, so, excited. Like, so, so, but, so, so like a, 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 a lab can look like 20 castles in the sky but there's, there's lots. Yes, it is a big one, isn't it, Jamie? Yeah. Um, um, Sorry, you got too highbrow for too long, and I had to just kind of... Yeah, all right. Well, I'll just read this sentence from it. The universe is frigging weird. That's a good scientist, isn't it? And this whole yeah. radius observable universe thing is a big part of that, and what makes it deeply bizarrely are things happening like, um, you know, um, all, well, all sorts of things. Um, the point is, if you are into this sort of thing... Look out for a book. Maybe even, Jeff, at your local library, I'll get it in for other people to hire out. The End of Everything, yeah. Astrologically Speaking, by Katie Mack. Okay, I think we ought to go Doctor it, Who. We've gone science. This, we should go it, it, it may be a little bit of a difficult sell at this point. You know what? I think she should rename it for, for 2020 and just reverse it. Astrologically speaking, the end of everything. Because the end of everything is just not a really good opener for 2020. <laughs> Sorry. It brings some humor into it. It's like, yeah. And the dogs enjoyed the joke. <laughs> good, 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 good. 
good. All right, so uh, I'm, I'm going to let you do, or do you want me to do? Uh, well, this, I think, I think you were, were definitely more excited than me. It's the main item of news we got from DoctorWhoNews.Death. Yeah. So I'll put that link in. And Which their, 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 their website does seem to be having a few issues at the moment, but um, the, the story is spreading over Facebook, and if you check out the Doctor Who News um, Facebook page, uh, you can see the article there, and there's a link to that for when their site's actually up and running. Um, but yes, so the big news came down like what, two hours ago uh, or so is that Christopher Eccleston is to return to Doctor Who <laughs> in Big Finish. I mean, uh, I mean, yes, a uh, uh, little bit of misdirection there, Big Finish at the end, but essentially it's the same thing. Um, this, is, this is a big move. I mean, it's been a, kind of a, I guess, a slow return for for. Christopher Eccleston to you know what we what we consider home because uh, I, I like to think that that's what fandom is that at least Doctor Who fandom on the outside and hopefully on the inside too is you know and and to have him come back and do other stories and to um, to see what his Doctor can do under other people's writing and direction etc and that hopefully his experience will be um, it will continue to be a positive one in, in being back in, in the show because I, I understand that things weren't great when he was first in it. So I'm just hoping for a really positive experience for Chris because if it is, then that means we'll see more of his doctor in the future, whether it be on TV or more audio or conventions, etc. cetera. So, um, but yeah, after 15 years, um, yeah, he's, he's coming back. Um, uh, Jason Halley-Ellery, who's the uh, chairman of Big Finish, said, uh, I first talked to Christopher about returning to his role of the Doctor at a fan convention in February this year. <clears throat> wonder which one that was. <laughs> Christopher said he would, uh, was enjoying meeting fans and was pleased that his Doctor was remembered so fondly. I'm pleased that Christopher has decided to return to the role with us. I'm excited to welcome him to the Big Finish family as we discover new adventures of the ninth doctor so like i said um by the sounds of things um people have already made him feel welcome in doctor who again and uh, so yeah uh but basically this is going to be the pre-orders are available now on the website they do not have from the looks of things any story titles uh you can have them in a number of different ways um uh, yeah, I'll read this verbatim. Doctor Who fans worldwide can now pre-order all four volumes, which are available in three formats. Collector's audio CD, digital download, or limited edition uh, gatefold triple LP vinyl, exclusively from the Big Finish website. And I'm sure Dean's already got those ordered. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that is famous news. And, yeah. I mean, your, your favorite right. Doctor, the Sixth Doctor, uh, gained mm. a lot of new fans from his work on the yes. audio adventures, so um, it may turn around some people's really with the, 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 Yeah, it's really where the appreciation for the Sixth Doctor came from. I mean, there were there's there were people like me, of course, you know, when yeah. the show was on that 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 were Sixth Doctor fans. But I think that he really did pick up a lot from from Big Finish. People discovered how good his Doctor could be. There's some great great stuff you know um so yeah and likewise we didn't really get enough eccleston and so 
it's really going to be great to, to to see him do this and and see the writers explore his doctor and yeah i'm assuming i don't know i don't know the guidelines that bbc have on big finish and big finish have on their doctors and or how collaborative it is but you know colin's been there for god knows how long it's it's obviously going to be a great environment to 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 do this work so yeah oh i'm excited um there are there are yeah, there are a few other little tidbits, um, but yet uh, more on the Time Lord victorious front. Uh, there are two new vinyls headed out um, uh, under the, uh, well, actually double vinyl, sorry, uh, uh, David Tennant, Paul McGann, uh, and it's a, a colored vinyl disc, so uh, yeah, Dean again. Uh <laughs> And, and but yes, I know, I know, I know all my friends and who's going to be buying what. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, yeah, it's lot. It's you know what? It's funny people complain about like. Actually, I haven't really heard a lot of complaints too much about the fact that we've got such a big gap this time. A, we're settling into into our kind of a bit of Doctor Who here and a bit of a gap. But really, there's no really not been much slowdown in content big finish continued to pump out great audios um you know we've got uh this whole time little victorious thing which is going on you know there's there's lots um there is sometimes i, mean, I wish you could give, give 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 some fans a taste of the wilderness years where the, basically i think we the only thing we were doing was collecting fanzines and making sure we had the most complete collection of the novelizations. Right. Well, I mean, and that was, that was basically how we spent, you know, the wilderness years. So, yeah. well, <laughs> oh, and new adventures. Uh, well, on, on, on discussing who, you know, with Carl Lee and uh, Clarence, Clarence is all just, uh, mm. so they, they've just gone up to um, Hungry Earth, which actually is a Chris Chibnall story. Of course, now the showrunner. Mm. And Clarence was saying, well, it, you know, it, you know, it, it feels like modern who, but it was five years ago already. Just that, um, I think oh, yeah. it was series eight or something might be series six. The other thing is that's exciting with this about the ninth Doctor is we now have some young actors that are still around for say the seventieth anniversary. We've got the eighth Doctor, the right. ninth Doctor, the tenth Doctor, the eleventh Doctor, the twelfth mm-hmm. Doctor, the thirteenth Doctor, and maybe introducing the fourteenth Doctor. You could have a seven Doctor story. Uh, oh, yeah. 70th anniversary. Yeah, but please, you? only if it's a decent script. Please. <laughs> I want it to be fun and I want it to be. Say, well, it's, it's one of those things. It's, I mean, things look bad as you look back at them, but I've noticed one thing that's as part of, you know, uh, working with uh, the 20, 20 megabiters is that they've been doing a rewatch. I was brought in because, or asked on, brought in, it sounds like a, an expert. But I'm not. Um, they're doing the Colin Baker era. Um, if they let me, I might stick around some, for Sylvester just because, <laughs> you know, they're ready. <laughs> I'm kind of enjoying myself. Um, but uh, looking at some of the stories again, you do kind of see, and I was watching some of the extras from the, um, from the Trial of the Time Lord box set, and there was a writer's table discussion thing where they talked about the various scripts. And I remember... Which writer it was now, um, but they say, well, when you're approaching this, did you think about, 
you know, whether this could be built or that could be built. And, and the writers basically said, that's not my job, to be honest. I'm not in charge of budget. <laughs> and, and I know I get it because, um, writers have to, to, to write. You're, you're doing a piece of, you can't be like, oh, well, I'll just have a, a, a the, the time lash will be a small little pot in the corner. So it'll be cheap. Uh, no, you, you know, it's the, a thing and you describe it and whatever. And, um, that's why I wanted to be on for the time lash one is because I think underneath time lash had probably been a brilliant story and it just got the budget beaten out of it. And, uh, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I really do think it's a good story and we, we reviewed it and you'll have to listen to it to see what everybody else thought. But yeah, um, there's some quite pleasant stuff. It's like, yeah, I, I, I thought everybody would be against me, but not everybody was. So, um, it just shows that, that, you know, when we go back and look at these things, they might not look good at the time or they might look great at the time. And then 10 years later, look terrible, but. I think, you know, as, as we get old, we appreciate things more as well. And you kind of get to see what they were trying to do, but they're just limited. They were limited by, I mean, even by the time we got to Trial of the Time Lord, they spent so much money on that opening scene. And then, you know, budget was pretty much gone for lots of the other stuff. So, you know, well, anyway, fair, I've got well, myself no. into, a, well, into well, a discussion well, with myself. Well, First of all, I had a, a brilliant idea when I was thinking about the Seven Dots. I thought, we've actually got three masters. We, we could have a three masters story. But um, anyway. Um, it would. Oh, that would be. Oh, that would be really kind of. That would. Imagine. Cause it, it, imagine the squabble. I don't think we've ever had that position. We've never had multiple masters, really. I mean, we had, you know, just in the last. Yeah. But we had. That was the first time we've ever been able really to do. Yeah. multiple master story and now that we've got three of them <laughs> i mean you could do four right heck you could do jacoby and do five ah, right right yeah oh yeah. imagine jacoby's master oh <gasps> imagine if he was the imagine if he was the worst one <laughs> man i'm creating a story here and this is like they so so they're 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 dealing with Missy um and the new master and the sim master, right? And they're like, Oh yeah, we've got them nailed down and it's like and from from this uh grandfather clock in the corner opens up with that and Jer Jacoby steps out <laughs> with the tissue compression eliminator and goes, Yeah. I'm like, Oh yeah, now that sorry, I'm enjoying myself now. <laughs> Yeah, right, Doctor Who. Don't, just ignore me. Uh, one of the things that we found out when we, we've done the commentaries is that um, you know that that because uh, I I always used to say that you know when I'm watching them live, um, uh, we've got Cyborg joining us. Uh, thank you, Cyborg. Yay! Well done. Um, show. Yeah, and um, uh, you know when I, I used to watch a lot of Doctor Who episodes with my, you know concerned that they're not going to mess it up uh, but I found when we were going back to the commentaries and indeed listening back to the audio and things like that um, a lot of that tension had gone and I could relax because I knew where it was going and I could just enjoy the ride yeah. just enjoy you know all the little nuances that you, you often would mi miss but um, that, that, yeah. that is great and just for, for Cybob just to say we've, um, we've covered quite a lot of news we've just been covering the last of the Doctor Who news from Doctor Who news dot net uh, 
And um, I think, um, I think we might, uh, is that news done now, Ian? Are we ready to move along? Well, news-ish. I've got, I've got a review kind of thing, because, uh, yeah. Well, I'll just lapse into that right now and do it, nailed it down. Um, I don't know if I brought it up last show, but uh, uh, the end of July was a, a pretty good day because uh, uh, not only was it my birthday at the end of July, um, Muppets Now came out, the first episode on Disney+. Plus. It's okay. I'll see how it goes. My main hang-up is um, the voice of Kermit. Uh, I think they're on to the third voice now. Um, post gym um and yeah it's gonna take some getting used to i don't really know what the the problem was with the previous kermit but you know um that's between them and kermit uh but yeah some of the gags were okay but the one thing i did have to remind myself when i was done watching it is when i was a child watching the muppet show and i enjoyed it so much my parents enjoyed it that was a family show that we enjoyed together I think sometimes as adults we tend to ruin things because we sit there and go, that's not the same as the thing I watched when I was growing up. Like, no, you're supposed to watch this with your kids and have a shared moment with them. So anyway, rant over. The other thing I was waiting for was the new Transformers anime series on Netflix. Um, and I got to say, I really, really enjoy it. Uh, they did some really nice things. Uh, everyone's pretty much... It's the lead-up to them leaving Cybertron, um, which, for those of you who follow Transformers, which is the opening of uh, the cartoon Generation 1, is is them packing into the Ark and leaving. But we get lead into that and a lot more meat as to why there's a war on Cybertron, what the difference is between the Autobots and Decepticons, and by the sounds of things, you know, there's, there's, there, you know, they give reasons for it, and it's like, and it doesn't make the Decepticons quite as evil. It, it gives them motive, which is a lot better than before. It was just like, uh, these guys want to take over the universe. These guys are quite happy, uh, and that was pretty much it. Um, but yeah, we've got we're back to kind of like the boxy designs and and stuff like that. Um, we're going to essentially an entire new voiced cast um which is not a bad thing either um we we can't keep trotting out the same people over and over again and that's how we get performances like gary chalk in uh beast wars uh and uh beast machines thank you gary i love your prime anyway he's not listening uh, but yeah so on netflix check out the new um uh, transformers it's a trilogy so they're going to be bringing it out in three parts um and so, yeah, I, I can't tell you too much because I've watched the first part. They're 25-minute episodes. I think there's about six to ten of them. And it's it's a really nice story, and it brings some more depth to some of the characters that you grew up with watching as a kid or uh, were watching last year as a kid. I don't care. Whatever your parents let you watch. So, uh, yeah, those were really, really good. Again, we're getting lots of nice bits of... Um, easily consumable uh you know lovely stuff you know like just small little things and that's that's what i've always loved about british tv is you guys do you know you'll do 10 episodes put it out there and that's it we're good um yeah i'm really kind of tired of trying to slog through 23 episodes per season and following the same kind of you know up and down arcs and you know 
it becomes a little predictable and that's the good thing about the way we're consuming tv right now is we've kind of lost that predictability of when we're actually going to get a dip in the action when we're going to get a you know a rise in in, in what's going on because we're not watching like we used to so this made for some great storytelling so uh yeah i think that's it i'm gonna go check a couple of things so now i'm gonna let dave talk for Right. Good five seconds. Well, just before we go on to the, the next thing, I, I agree with you on that. As I said earlier, just before Cybob joined us, that uh, I've been re-watching. I'm watching a lot. I'm, I've got the box set of Blake's Seven Sun Bought Me. I'm working my way through that all four seasons. But there's only about 10 episodes, I think, per season. But with Smallville, as I said, there's about 25 per season. Uh, you know, so, uh, and there are 10 seasons. Um, but uh, we're already just into about episode 89 of season four I'm up to. Um, Erica Jura's, I think, has just come on board um, as Lois Lane. Um, and and that's the storyline we're up to. But um, the, Lana Lang has been so messed about by Clark. I, I'm, I'm really annoyed because he gets closer and then he has to pack away and then he invites her to tell her his secret and then something happens uh, with one of his mates and he realises it's too dangerous. He doesn't... And you think, a poor girl, she's, I mean, she's nearly been killed six times in the first three series. And, um, and he's messing her about. And, uh, anyway, um, but that, that's all about that. I think we ought to go. We've got two, for those people that, uh, are listening back to the recording, we've got two main aspects for, uh, the second half, as you might say, of today's episode. Mm. Uh, we're going to talk about this thing from Gizmodo's site, which is entitled 10 Shows Where the First Season Was the Best Season. And then Ian's going to give us a mini-review uh, after that. So we're, we're, just in case it's a bit spoilery, we're going to do that at the end, if that's okay mm. with Ian, uh, yeah. talking about yeah. Star Trek Lower Decks, uh, the animated series, uh, and I think just be talking about the first episode of that. So uh, I put the yeah, link in the room. It is it is uh, released it is released episodically on CBS All Access. I don't know about whether you guys are going to be getting it like you do Discovery or not. I don't know because you guys get Discovery on Netflix, correct? I think it will be in the UK, but I think it might be on a pay per view, and by that I mean not part of Prime or not part but it might be one of those where you can you pay you pay your extra dollar for it if you know what I mean um, right yeah or it might be on Now TV uh, but we certainly don't have all access here uh, and of course there are right. people that perhaps um, are aware of ways but I'm sure they will make it legal because they'd be fools not to because there's a ready and waiting audience for this sort of material anyway that's uh, jumping right. the gun somewhat um where we'll dwell or not dwell on this uh, this particular aspect that we're going to talk about now. Um, it's um, by Beth uh, Elderkin, uh, and it was posted only yesterday, 8th of August, 2020. And um, uh, the, the, it's postulated that uh, at least 10 shows, and I've already thought of a couple, and I don't always agree with all of these. <laughs> but television shows are often a bit like uh, a bit of time to find their footing with series like The Expanse, Star Trek, Next Generation, uh, and so on. Um, these are our picks of the 10 genre shows where the first season 
was the, actually, I think she should put it in brackets, in our opinion, was the best of them. Because, mm. uh, of course, I do know series that have gone on to have four or five, and the second series had been the weakest one, and then they've started to blossom on series three. So you've had a strong series one, a weak series two, and they really come into their own on series three. Uh, I think Star Trek um, Next Generation, even... Um, well, there might be a couple that you could, you could say that to. Anyway, um, let's... Um, how should we deal with it? Should we go through their headline ones? Because not all of them have seen Ian. But should I, Me neither. Tick, um, we'll tick them off at least, shall we? Okay. Well, the first one in their list is Lost. Uh, ABC's Lost is one of those shows that came in like a wrecking ball. The first episode alone was an incredible experience uh, with the crash of the Oceanic Airlines flight 815, introducing to the show's overwhelming cast of characters and the strange sound surroundings they found themselves in. Well, there was no doubt about this was a real event programme. Uh, just jumping back to uh, talk to you where we record this, I think... Um, at one point, there were more podcasts on Torchew about Lost right. than any other. It was then taken yeah, was, over by was, Twilight and The Walking Dead, but I think Lost was the one right. that had the most. It's, it's um, for those of you who weren't around when Lost was out, Game of Thrones. It's essentially Game of Thrones. What great Game of Thrones became, it became, it was the thing that everybody was talking about, and I have n- seen neither of them. Um, but no, that's that's how Lost was um, back when it, it came out. Is is it was it was crazy, and then of course the end just oh. pissed everybody off. So, um, but I'm not going to say what it is because right. I don't really understand it anyway. So, um, but it, it does actually say it's like. Uh, um, Damien Lundoff uh, recently shared that he wanted to end the show a lot earlier, but ABC's executives disagreed, which could help explain why everything got so weirdly paced. But that's the thing is like, that's, that's what I was saying before. It's nice now because we're not in this pattern of, of having to produce X amount of content per year. Yeah. It's a, it seems to be now getting at least to the point, I think where it's, about ideas and not killing ideas, but yes, yeah, yeah. Did you did you watch Lost? No, I didn't. So I think we'll just take we'll take that as read as um, yeah. uh, as an example that probably right. is I must admit, though, it, it, it did it, the the impact of that first season was was huge. It roped everybody in. That was you know, I mean, every, it was water cooler TV, right? But yes. So next up is Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time is a prime example of a show that knew exactly how it wanted to start, but had no idea where it wanted to go. The first season is a near-perfect fairy tale, telling the story of a woman who finds herself in a town inhabited by a storybook character, characters who don't know that they've been transported into the real world. Their lives and stories intertwine in surprising ways, challenging not only what we know about these characters, but also the fairy tales they come from. There's tragedy, triumph, and most of all, the true power of love. So yeah, um, this one I have not seen, um, but it does sound interesting. But uh, now that I'm like, oh, what's the first one? Because yeah, that 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 is actually a really great kind of intro. If, if uh, the author of this wrote that, it was a that's that's a good one. Because yeah, it's like it does sound cool. Like the motivations behind these, you know, fairy tale characters that we've come you know grown up with. I did actually watch. Um... 
about halfway through the first season and I did enjoy it. And it was oh. at a time when there was a number of shows. I think um, uh, something like Wicked, uh, you know, the retelling of the Wizard of Oz story and things like that and, and Maleficent yeah. and things like that may have been in the works. Um, uh, and we had a, a, a number of these things. And uh, I mean, who knows? Stephen Moffat might have got his idea that Doctor Who should be fairy tale rather than science fiction from, right. from this whole sway of things. Um, I'm trying to think of a, a, a something that would be a parallel to it. Um, a Winter's Tale that I told you about uh, recently uh, mm. goes with a similar vein to this. And I would also say... Um, Oh, cracky. I've just lost the name of it. Um, it's the programme where um, it's based on the uh, the movie where they go to this town where they're all robots and the robots go mad, you know, with Yul Brynner in and uh, Westworld. Westworld? Yeah. Now, yeah. the TV series Westworld, I think Westworld was sort of a, uh, instead of uh, fantasy, uh, th- that had the same sort of idea. But actually, this was quite good right. at the start. Uh, uh, I'm not. Sh- I don't know whether it funny because Westworld's the next one on the list. Is it? Oh well. I'm, I'm yes. That's what I was like. I thought you were. I thought you were segueing. So. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, because the thing is that because I've got the nice monitor screen here, and I like to keep an eye on the the audio columns, keeping making sure the audio is coming through. Um, I've only got about two thirds of the page open down you know vertically so i've only got right. to the uh the bottom of that lady's uh bodice yeah uh, um, mm-hmm. not, any, not for any other reason um so no. yeah but yeah i didn't remember watching it and it, and um it, you know the other thing is as well <clears throat> didn't we have that tv series with the uh, the three witches that was doing fabulous rounds um uh, in the um charm Charmed that, so that was um, doing rather well, um, and I think this is another thing. It, so I think it was upon a wave of uh, of that sort of thing. But I I, I do know that the first series was good. Uh, I already tailed off before the end of the first series, so it doesn't surprise me that um, you know once the the novelty of the idea, then it that got into this sort of episodic format that um, then just right. became. Less interesting, but we have yeah. got. It's like I said. It's like they they had the idea. It's like, hey, let's introduce. What if Cinderella was a real person and had real feelings? Yeah, that's great. Mm. Okay, do that show, <laughs> and then it's like. Hey. So I think we'll we'll slide off onto since we brought it up uh, Westworld because this is the one I totally agree with. Um, if you don't mind, I'll read this. Uh, yeah. Have you seen uh, anything? So full of splendor. The first season of Westworld was one giant mystery the world wanted to solve, uh, with Reddit uh, communities debating over the possible uh, possibility of multiple timelines, the true identity of the man in black, and why Dolores was so darn special. The result uh, was immensely satisfying, but that feeling hasn't been replicated since. Season two tried to anti uh, tried to up the ante by introducing a more uh, disjointed timeline, which came across as confusing rather than inspired. And season three failed to wow audiences. Actually, I haven't even watched three. I don't know if I finished two with its take on the real world. Uh, things could shape up in the future, but it seems like we've given Westworld enough time to amaze us beyond its debut. Right. Well, I, I would agree with that because I've got, um, I think I've got a, a double box set of 
series one and two. And I finished series one, mm. but I didn't get all the way through series two. But of course, um, yeah. uh, famously, um, was it uh, Joanne Worley and Anthony Hopkins that were sort of the, the stars mm. in the first one? They brought a bit of uh, gravitas and, uh, uh, and talent to it. Um, mm. It was slightly disjointed in the, the separation of the two sides, which I suppose was a theme that was running from the movie. And there was an awful lot right. of repetition. So you, you you kept seeing people come up to somebody where she was brushing her horse down and that same scene to replay over and over again. Um, right. That's my, my enduring memory of that is somebody, you know, grooming a horse and somebody coming up and asking them questions. And I'm sure I saw that same scene right. played out differently a dozen times. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a really great show. The first season was really great. It was, um, plus it didn't hurt that it was more on the adult side and, um, there were some quite pleasing individuals that you could yeah. see naked. Uh, but, um, but there was just a, a really uniqueness to it, and it, and it did really kind of create this. You kind of bought the whole theme park thing of like, okay, yeah, I get that. That's where they're at with this, and uh, and then there's the mystery element in that. But then it too, I don't even know where I stopped into. So yeah, um, we agree yeah. with this list. I don't think there's any more really to say except to move on to this is up your alley, isn't it? True Blood. Um, well, more more uh, our friend Rebecca's um, uh, feel that we we interviewed, oh, yes. um, but I no I didn't actually catch it. But True Blood is um, one of those shows that never had uh, that was never good, but it also didn't matter. It was a sexy southern gothic romance between a vampire and a waitress. So I suppose it was its twilight of its time, wasn't it? Uh, who also turned right. out to be half fairy. Hold on, what did you say? Yes, it was a light half fairy. Series. Yeah. Yes, revealing uh, right. kind of came a crap out of nowhere, according to this. Um, the romance between the waitress and the vampire hardly seemed to matter anymore. Uh, and we had a number of series like that where where um, where the romantic side and the... Um, the uh, I mean, it's often been put, hasn't it, by psychologists and, and things that, you know, uh, the, the allure of vampire to young ladies... Uh, is is um, what's the word? It's a um, uh, an aphorism for um, them becoming women. I don't know. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I've, I that's the thing I've never really got into these whole vampire things. I've been in Dracula, um, but I've never really kind of got the appeal of them. I mean, I you know, I I kind of have an overall appreciation for the horror genre although I don't like it, like the classic monsters, you know, Dracula, the mummy, that kind of thing. But uh, beyond that, it's like, I guess I'd rather have a werewolf because a werewolf involves a transformation thing, a whole curse thing. And this whole vampire thing is like, oh, they just bite each other and hang out. The only one that I really did enjoy that, that but that it kind of got in the other ones as well was um, being human. The only vampires I really kind of dug was those kind of very real-to-life ones, you know, like your man who was the head of the vampires, just that wee fella who was in Are you being, the remake of Are You Being Served? Um, and he just he just did not look like the big bad vampire, and I thought that was fascinating. 
Because in all these vampire movies and vampire shows, they're always gorgeous. Right. Apart from the servant one. He's, he's they, they got that ugly servant guy who got to be the vampire. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, the, the person Sorry, was I, uh, the, uh, no, we're not on right. a vampire tangent. No, you're right. Uh, and I should just mention, since I, we mentioned about two books, uh, when I said Rachel, I meant uh, uh, Rebecca, I meant uh, Rebecca Housel, mm. the pop culture, prof- pop culture professor that we interviewed <laughs> twice. Yeah. And she's written yeah. quite a little, she's written about the Vampire Diaries, which was the other one I was trying to think of. Right. It was um, similar in that vein. So let's move on to Heroes, because I'm re-watching that at the moment. So, um, uh, oh, you are? Yeah. So let me read this one. Uh, now, this one isn't entirely its own fault. NBC's Hero was an original story of people learning that they have superpowers. Uh, a pretty rare feat nowadays, considering the prevalence of uh, uh, Marvel and DC. The first season wasn't always perfect, but it was exciting, managing to introduce us to some really cool characters as they were slowly brought together by the doomsday clock of the season. The second season started out promisingly enough, and then the writer's strike of uh, 2018 happened, and then they, I think they shortened that. But I think it came back in three, four wasn't very good at all. But I liked it. Now, it's just been recently shown, season one, on BBC One, because my brother-in-law said, oh, Heroes is on. And then he realised he'd watched it before. But uh, after he watched the first one, he said, not much happened. I said, not much happened. They used seven different people with uh, superpowers. They introduced the the one person that was going to be the baddie, which was Styler, who, of course, now plays Spock. um, uh, Yeah, Zachary Quinto. Zachary Quinto, fantastic actor in that. Uh, And, of course, we we got... You talked about the water cooler moment with Lost. We had one with this because the... The, the call for heroes was um, save the cheerleader, save the world. Cheerleader, save the world. Yeah. So, oh, that was that was a summer. I tell you, uh, that yeah. was a fracking summer. It's just, you know, there's 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 certain times in the, when this show came out, it was it was great. We had this whole circle thing going on with the the eclipse. You know, they, they had that just in behind the logo and you're like, it's got something to do with an eclipse. And oh, and they did so well. But yeah, they had so much just happen to it. And then uh, at the towards the end of the article in this, it says that, uh, um, of course, Zachary Quinto, who started out as the villain, um, but became very, very important. He could basically, he could take other uh, powers, yeah. figure out how they worked and he could take them on. And so he ended up becoming way too powerful. And part of it was, and I think I agree with him here, is that that because of how liked he was in that villain role, it they focused on him so much that it just it you know ended up being at a detriment. I think if they'd had a few more uh, other um, bad guys and maybe used him a little more sparingly. Hornworm glasses guy was good though. I really, really yeah, enjoyed yeah, him. Yeah, uh, and Peter. I can't even remember his name, but it was HRG Hornworm yeah. glasses guy. Yeah, yeah, and there was Peter who was great. And uh, when when Peter went to, yeah. uh, he went to well, he was actually carted off to Ireland, uh, and it was seen Ireland, and 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 the gang lord that um, 
uh, ran him there. I can't remember the actor's name, but he turned up in uh, that mm. fantastic series called Manhunter that I was telling you about that was set in the mm. 60s, which was about psychological... He's a fantastic actor. And, of course, there were some other mm. great characters. And we also got um, um, other... Uh, the, oh, the guy from Clockwork Orange was in it and from Star Trek, the... Uh, um, oh, you know, oh uh, yes. Uh, uh, Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm, he, he was in it and it had a lot of really... Malcolm McDowell was in yeah. it. They, were, they had a really... Actually, that big cast, George Takei was in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was a just a huge amount of, like, really kind of cool... Uh, cool actors and cool like uh, cult genre actors as well that would would show up in it, um, and so yeah, it it had its moments, but it's yeah, you know, and I, apparently they're looking at bringing it back again. I don't know they're planning on just like start all over again, but yeah, I think it's I a new generation. I, I've lost new interest. Yeah. yeah, if they if they took that same approach again, maybe kind of eased up on the amount of characters at the beginning. But there's a lot of superhero stuff out right now, and it's just going to get lost. I think. Yeah. You know? I think in some ways, you know. What but anyway, this, what what this article should be called is the first series was so frigging good. The other episode, the other series couldn't keep it up. You know what I mean? It's because right. yeah. the ones that we've agreed with here, when we know that the first series was, you know, smashed it out of the park really, and the uh, catching the uh, lightning in a bottle of second season difficult now um do you want to do i mean i love daredevil but do you want to take the next one or what i'll take it because i don't i don't i wish i wish mike was here because we're gonna have to talk about twin peaks but neither of us are very good at it anyway daredevil daredevil's first season didn't just set the standard for what to expect of marvel and netflix then bold collaboration it excelled to make itself uh stand shoulder to shoulder with any of its mcu uh Contemporaries from the big screen. From Charlie Cox's pitch-perfect Murdoch, matched by the killer kingpin in Vincent D'Onofrio, to some absolutely incredibly framed and character-driven combat, Daredevil's first season hit the ground running, knocked you on your feet, and then demanded that you get up and keep running with it. Uh, There are great parts of season two and three, for sure, but nothing could compete with the highs of the first season arc that it took us on. I Daredevil is fantastic. I mean, I don't know how much longer yeah. Netflix can still show these. Are they? They may have already been taken. They lost the license to use these mm. when Disney bought out um, stuff. Right, but I don't know if they can still show them on their platform or whether they just can't produce anymore. Um, I think they may even. I think they they couldn't. They can't produce it anymore. That's they may have been allowed something like five years to get the money back as it were on what they've, right. they've done yeah. uh but yeah well, the, the, the thing is is like at least i mean with, with these things i say at least that we had them and they're done and they're there because you know maybe this is all we needed i mean uh, i i've kind of lost interest on in all of those shows now um i did watch iron fist and i watched the the big team up one um the, the defense um i but then I did, yeah, the Defenders. But I didn't see season two of Luke Cage yet. Right, um, Jessica Jones. And I didn't see, I didn't see second season of Jessica Jones. Yeah, I just kind of, it's, it's so funny. It's just, I just, I don't know whether I burned out on that whole little universe, you know, sub, well, community in the MCU. But you know, I just, I don't know. Did you watch The Punisher? Don't know. 
No, I don't like The Punisher. Oh, the actor in that is fantastic. I just, re- I just, I see, I don't like him either because my first real exposure to him was in The Walking Dead, which we'll get to in oh. a minute. Um, and he was a, I think I can say that word, he was a dick and I didn't like him. And so to him being the Punisher, I don't like the Punisher because to me, the Punisher is not a superhero. He's just a guy with guns. He's just a guy with lots of lots of guns. And I just, there's, I know there's more to him than that character, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. But surface wise, superhero, when I go shopping for a comic or whatever, piece of entertainment, that's not what I'm going for. If I'm going for a comic or, or superhero stuff, which is where he really kind of fits into, um, I see him as more like diehard and you know rambo and all of that he doesn't belong in comic books he belongs in army comics i did it's, it's always kind of really confused me that he's even here <laughs> yeah. well, well first of all i mean, I mean but I can... again i don't know an order of, i i because people are yelling at me so i'm like oh, i don't know an awful lot about him but just it's that surface thing where i'm just like yeah it's not for me and i thought maybe being exposed to him in um where did he show up first he show, it, he was, showed, it was it was in his, Defenders, uh, right? Yeah, no, 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 no. He, he showed up as uh, that was Punisher. oh, it was season two of. He did two seasons of Punisher, and then he joined the. Uh, no, but he, but he was no, he didn't. He do. He showed up in Daredevil season two first. I, I might have done. That yeah, was yeah, his yeah. intro, and yeah. So I watched him in that, and still didn't like the character. It just. Right. Well, I've got to speak up for him because storyline on it. Well, first of all, uh, first of all, Charlie Cox, pitch perfect. He absolutely brilliant at that part, and um, and the 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 Vincent de Olerovo. Uh, I mean, if uh, if Ken was with us today, I mean, he would wax lyrical about this guy because he is absolutely oh, yeah. got, he's got the elegance, he's got the, you know, the, the fact, a little bit like Lex Luthor is in a small way in terms of he likes the fine right. arts, the classical music, you know, the best brandy and all this beautiful art, falls for this fantastic art dealer woman who, who turns out to be his match in some way, she's got the uh, backbone right. steel herself um but charlie cox is fabulous um uh, the other cast is um you know um his sidekick and the girl uh they're all brilliant in it uh, i can oh, yeah. see that the daredevil season two dropped a little bit i think it dropped a little bit when they had electra come in um and they also went to a rather bizarre lens with this cult um the hand it was that they were talking about they right. had this this cult but um, i mean there was some fantastic there was this um chinese woman who walked with a walking stick and you think oh, she was nothing yeah. but she was about the most frightening one of the lot um she's a, oh she's oh. and did you yeah, know that the, the thing i think it lost in season two really i i think what they really should have done is kept uh kept kingpin out for some reason because they, I think that's where it lost is, yeah, we kind of cut to him in the, 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 you know, wherever he was in season two. I don't want to give too much away. I paid for case people don't want it. But not having Vincent's performance in there. And the, 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 the great thing about season one is as much as you hated Kingpin, there were times when you thought, you poor guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they do the flashbacks and stuff and it's just like 
what else was he going to be? You know, with everything that he grew up with and faced. And that is just, so it was really, it did a really good job of just really kind of filling that in and grounding it in reality, you know, and, and Vincent D'Onofrio's performance. Now I just can't see anybody else playing Kingpin anymore. Right. Yeah. I just, <clears throat> hey, physically and, and just, and, you know, he just had occupied that role. He moved in, put up pictures, repainted inside and everything. The, the, the girl who played Rebecca, I think she was called, his love interest, was fa- fabulous. Mm. But the other thing is, oh, yeah. uh, Doctor Who connection. Do you know the Doctor Who connection from Daredevil? Doctor Who connection from Daredevil. Uh, uh, should I tell you? Uh, the actor yeah. who played the master, Sasha Dawan, is it? Dawan, yeah. He, he plays, um, well, actually, it's from... Uh, from the other one, the um, the Iron Fist one he's in, uh, not mm. this one, but Iron Fist, the one who gets a, the the other contender to be the Iron Fist, was him. Yes, and, uh, and yes. they have a right old go at each other. He does him, so that's yeah, they that. do. Yeah, uh, but I I love Daredevil, uh, but the, the season one was absolutely fantastic. I liked all the other characters around it. Uh, um, I think the same is true as of, um, Nick Cage. The first season was fantastic. Uh, they had a great baddie mm-hmm. in that as well. Uh, I can't remember the, yeah. the name of him, but the, the one that ran the uh, the nightclub, uh, he was really good. Yeah. Um, Jessica Jones, absolutely fantastic. And, of course, another Doctor Who connection there. Yes, David Tennant. David Actually, Tennant, the man in harking, purple. Harking, harking, yes, harking back to uh, the first thing I was saying, I was watching uh, Stargate Atlantis, in watching that, there's two Doctor Who connections that I've come across in that so far. Oh. Um, one is, uh, I think is the actor's name is Yi Ji So, who was in the the movie, the Doctor Who movie. Oh um, yes, yeah, yeah. He 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 plays uh, one of the 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 gate room people. He has lines in the show, oh. and also, um, oh, from uh, uh, Martin Jarvis. Showed up in an episode. Oh, from uh, from Venus yeah. on Virus. Yes, yes, and so many other things. Yeah, and it was, I was like, "Oh, I recognise that voice." And I'm like, "Hello." So he must have moved to Canada, I think, because he had a bit of a twang to his voice. Right. But anyway, we, yeah, we digress. Yeah, but uh, I mean, that whole season. I mean, the Defenders was the weakest of a lot. But uh, the the reason why I. Yeah. Uh, the Punisher, the actor, there's some, the, you have to realise he's he's a little bit like the the character. He's a little bit like from uh, Death Wish, if you remember the Death Charles Bronson Death Wish character, where you know his 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 wife and daughter get killed in a, a raid, and he goes on yeah. the rampage. Well, that's that's how the Punisher starts. But there's some lovely choir moments where there's one where he he befriends a girl in a bar and. Um, he brings a lot of pain into her life and there's a fantastic fight scene in the back of the bar and that nearly as good as the one that Daredevil has along this corridor which looks as though it's been done in a single take sure it hasn't then but it is absolutely fantastic but I, I, they're all fantastic series so I, I'm going to give that all all maybe apart from Iron Fist um, all that 
grouping of things were fabulous in their first. Mm. Um, Jessica Jones was, I quite enjoyed it. Oh, and uh, yeah, in um, in Jessica Jones, of course, um, um, not Jessica Jones. Yes, it's Jessica Jones. Um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm moving, I'm moving projects here. Um, uh-uh. No, yeah, yeah, right. The the girl who played Jessica Jones, she was in mm-hmm. Breaking Bad. She played the girlfriend yeah. of Jesse, uh, yep. whose dad was the bloke out of Star Trek from... John Belanski, <laughs> who played Q. <laughs> we're, playing, we're playing Connections. Welcome to a game of Connections. Yes. Welcome to Connections. Yeah, I think we'd better move next on. Up, because, Kevin Bacon. Yeah, yeah, Twin Pigs. Yeah, they, oh, you've got all the next ones. Well, I'll, I'll read whichever ones you yeah, want. You, you but, read uh, Twin Peaks. Yeah. I've got nothing to say about Twin Peaks. I've set my lights. Okay. Right, I'll read it out anyway, just for the sake of... So, Twin Peaks, uh, the second season of David Lynch's groundbreaking series is uneven, but still has some important moments. Uh, the big reveal of Laura Barman's killer, for instance. Uh, the 2017 return is a, a daring experiment that pushes the boundaries of what TV is capable of. And feature film prequel Twin Peaks Firewalk With Me is its own majestic beast. But Twin Peaks' first season, which ran just eight episodes in the spring of 1990, remains the show's zenith. I'll leave it there because um, Mike's not here and I'm not going to be able to do justice to anything else. Okay. So well, next up is... Yeah. Orphan Black, Dave. Ah, I love this. That Talale Manalasa. Okay, can you say her name or not? Tatiana. Yeah. Right. Tatiana. Masale. Maslany. Maslany. She Mas- must be one of the best actresses on TV. She plays about twenty-six versions of herself, uh, but um, uh, yeah. always top-notch. She's a multiple Sestra clones at the centre of the Orphan Black. Uh, but that doesn't mean that the show in any way did her justice. It started out strong, even within the first five minutes, with Sarah trying to figure out why a woman who looked exactly like her chose to die by suicide in front of her. Uh, actually, throws herself in front of a train, and she picks up a handbag and that, and then that sets the whole story off, uh, because I think that girl was actually a, a detective, so she takes over her job. That's right at the beginning. Uh, uh, and there's a lot of several clones who have been leading their own lives, totally oblivious to the fact that there were others who were genetically identical to them. Uh, so a little bit like heroes, I suppose. Yeah, it that it, it's magnificent. Um, the the uh, I was in awe of this actress, and um, uh, I'm not even sure English is her first language, but the accents that she came up with are. Uh, oh. Excellent. And she differentiated. And I think another connection with heroes, I think the husband of one of them uh, played uh, one of the the police officer who who could uh, influence minds in heroes. I think that was the same actor. Might be. They they look very similar. I might be wrong with that. Handmaiden's Tale, I've got none. Nothing. Nothing. Me neither. I know a lot of people go on about it, but uh, yeah, it's not. Uh... I should like it because um, I loved yeah. a, f- a film called The uh, Time Traveller's Wife, and I thought it was going to be a little bit like that. But I think it's it's right. this very severe, um, you know, it's almost like Quaker Lives, but yet they've got this sinister 
need these these women are reared just to have the children of the rich uh their birth mothers right. in a sense aren't they that's their thing so it's a repressed society but yet it's in in, in the future somewhere. i'll read a little bit of this and then we'll go on to it because I, I don't think either of us can comment uh, it, the one thing i should say about this is it it's one of the few here that started off as a book i think um I'm not too sure all the others did. They were written as scripts. This one started out definitely as a, a very big selling book. Handmaid's Tale started out more than a show. It was a cultural movement. Um, uh, people dressed up as handmaidens to protest government restrictions on women's rights with Under the Eye becoming a catchphrase of the oppressed. Um, oh, Margaret Atwood, that's the, the writer. When the first season mm. ended, the book did, with uh, Off Red being taken in a van to an unknown destination. I don't think, to be fair, we can do it justice. I think we'll just have to let our listeners make up their mind on that one. Right. Yeah. And The Walking Dead? All right. Just oh, yeah. If, I mean, I know, I, I do know a lot of people have said it's very, very good, but I haven't really heard a lot about it recently, so I don't know if that says anything. But anyway, so we will move on to The Walking Dead. Yes, the show's been on for over 10 seasons. And yes, it's still one of the most popular series on television. I'll be darned if anyone can uh, tell me that uh, one season, uh, that any one season can hold up to the first. The show has had its ups and downs, many of them, in fact, and it will never reach the highs it set for itself in the debut. I know it. Uh, you know it. I know it. Rick Grimes knows it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, it was, it was great. Um, and I'm not huge into zombies. I mean, I appreciate them more than, than, than vampires, but, uh, you know, they become a bit one note, but there was, there was something about this post-apocalyptic world that kind of really kind of pulled me in and this caravan of people and blah, blah, blah. Um, but then it just, yeah, to me, it, it became the Rick Grimes show and, uh, as cast members started peeling off who were part of the original, it just became less and less appealing. And I think I'm like three seasons behind. I think I made it to where um, a whole bunch got killed by that one guy with the baseball bat thing. Yeah. Right. I'll be vague because, and also I'm going to get things wrong. But yeah, that's kind of where I just say, oh, uh, well, and uh, yeah. The, the so, yeah, it, was, it was good at the beginning it, it really did start off well but it, you know I just wonder if that's because of the, the people who were in charge at the time and um, but yeah the other thing I know about it is that the, the main actor uh, uh, James Clutterbuck or what was called uh, Andrew Lincoln um, he was in mm. um, The Teachers the uh, Channel 4 sitcom The Teachers don't you ever yeah. watch that he's British that's like, he's from, like a, yeah so many American dudes go around dressed up as Rick Grimes, and it's like it's this British dude. It's like oh. wow, it's kind of crazy well, when, got when you get these. Yeah, you know. David Morrissey was in it. I didn't know David Morrissey was in it because he played the next Doctor. Oh yeah. Yes, yes. There was a. I think it was season two or three. There was a. He was the bad guy for that season. It was another out. Uh, another group that had formed and he was bad and they go stealing and stuff like that. And, you know, so, and he was a bit cuckoo crazy in that. So, but he, he did a good job in it. It was really good. Um, I think I, another, it was a character that was lifted out of the, the graphic novels. 
So, right. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. John, sorry, yeah. Uh, the um, the Punisher actors in it, John, as you mentioned earlier. <clears throat> yes. But yeah, you, you that's what like I said. Was like a, yeah. That's where I developed my dislike for him. Right. <laughs> Poor guy. I'm sorry. It's not your fault. It's just when I met your character. It's... Right. You know, some actors I'm like that with. It's like I don't like them mainly because of when I first met them on the screen. And right. then if you don't really get that much exposure afterwards or outside of, like, I saw enough of Michael Ironside over the years to figure out he's not really this hard-ass guy. Michael Ironside's really <laughs> teddy bear. Um, but there are some people, it's just like you see him in a show and you're like, God, I really can't stand that character they're playing. And that puts you off their seeing them in anything else. Right. Well, <laughs> like, oh, I don't like them. I think we need to move on soon, but I'm just going to nominate two. Yeah. One I'm going to nominate, and then one I'm going to ask you about. Um, mm-hmm. I would put Dark Angel in this, because I thought Dark Angel, you know, Jessica Alba one, was fantastic. First series. Mm-hmm. But it went a little bit yeah. weird in the second series. They had to bring... You know, she was beating all the, the villains of all these people that had been had all these different DNA in them, you know, like snake DNA and all that. And she was making short work of those. So then they had to bring a bigger bad in for the second season. I don't think it worked quite so well. They had somebody hunting her because she was like she was like prisoner zero. She was like the the first one. So that's right. that. One I'm going to post you, and I couldn't think of many others. Is um, what do you think about that? Was it called Zombie that we watched? The first series of Zombie was that I Zombie. I Zombie. Would you put that in this category where the first series was fantastic and then it went a bit samey or not in the same league? Um, no, I don't think this season, I, we lasted into, I think, season three or five before we bombed out of that. And we were, it ticked us along quite good because then she starts exploring, like having relationships and stuff and they bring in, um, they bring in some some really good character actors in season two, right? And start layering and some more stuff, and so yeah, they they built on that. So I um yeah, I wouldn't say that it went downhill after one. It actually picked up a bit of steam after after one, and kind of went a bit that because we we haven't even finished it. I know I think they just finished it. Right. Know. The the the, yeah. the connection that brought Zombie to my mind, by the way, is the. The guy who plays one of the villains in Zombie, the the blonde slim guy, is in Heroes. He's the guy that uh, Nakamura meets when he goes back into the past, into China. He's the um, right. he's the warrior who who can't be killed. Yes, and that's the same actor as the guy in Zombie. Yeah, and plus there was another guy in Heroes too. Oh, he's got thin face in. Oh, he's been in so many other things too. I can't remember his name. But oh yes, he, yeah. He was in. I know what you mean. Um, 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 he was in Prison Break as well. Uh, and I think it wasn't he in Angel as a heavy, and wasn't he also in? Um, oh, what, what's the one in space? You know, with the um, uh, Robert Napper. Right, he plays a big. He's a big guy, isn't he? No, 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 he's a thin-featured guy, oh. uh, Robert Napper. He's... Oh, right. Uh, anyway, do yeah, you want to nominate uh, anybody off the top of your, uh, any series where you think it was a one-series wonder? I think we're... Um, 
Yeah, I'm trying to think if there was anything. I was just like, yeah, that was really good. And then it's just, it went to heck. Um, I mean, we were, worried about Stranger, we, were worried, <laughs> we were worried about Stranger Things, weren't we? We were worried about that first season was so good. Could, mm, could they, yeah. Could they but come no, they, they have the ante. Yeah, yeah, they have. Three, so, three was all right. It's, I'm, I'm happy knowing that most likely this one's the last. There yeah. might, There's possibility, yeah. but I think they're kind of, they might close things out if it's going to make it too difficult to film with the way things are. And, the, and the kids are getting too old as well, aren't they? The kids oh, are yeah, yeah. Fast. That's the thing is they're aging out real quick. Um, yeah, I've been trying to think throughout this whole thing. I'm like, is there anything that... But no, because most of the things that we end up loving, they... Oh, Enterprise. Right. I loved season one of Enterprise. Right. No, I didn't think there was anything wrong with the first season of Enterprise, and then they just went all freaking with the Chromag Zindi, yeah, or oh, the Zindi, the, the Zindi, yeah. and then the 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 you know, there's that whole war thing where they like back in you time. know destroyed Florida, yeah, and it's just like what the hell, you know, it's like we were having fun with this whole first steps out into space thing, and then they just kind of hurried things up too much. Right. And yeah, so Enterprise, Enterprise, I think had a nice start. And if they'd just built on that rather than plunging them into war, right? I think we would have had a, a nicer job. Of what about it, Lost you know? in Space? Have we had two series of Lost in Space? We've only had one. I can't remember now. We've had we've had two. Um, three is the last. So right, uh, which I think is understandable. Again, too, I think because Will Robinson. Yeah, uh, I think last time I saw him, he looked like he's about five, five, six now. You know, it's like, yeah. or maybe taller. Yeah, yeah. And or it was hard to tell. It was like a, he was doing a tour at NASA or something after season yeah. two came out. I'm like, ooh, he's gotten big, <laughs> <laughs> and it's 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 okay because the 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 girls are already playing younger than they are. Yeah. Um, and so their their features are they're in their twenties or whatever, and they're yeah. playing like. Yeah. What eighteen and twenty two yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah. Um but yeah, he's he's not gonna be cute anymore and you know, a teenage boy with his robot doesn't really sell it, does it? <laughs> so yeah. right when it's like, Oh god, save me but it's hey robot <laughs> give me a beer. No, no, give me gum. What? No. no. I'm not gonna clean my robot. The, the major thing about Lost in Space was that I didn't like the woman who was playing the doctor, you know, the, uh, the daft doctor. Oh, I but, thought she was but, 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 Yeah, I, I came to like her. But at first I thought, why yeah. have they followed that route of having a, you know, a, a basically almost like the master, but, uh, you know, a silly master, if you know what I mean. Um, right. But anyway, I think we ought to move on because you have got something interesting to tell us all, haven't you? Um, do, you want the yes. clip? do you want the clip playing in before you do? Sure. You um, know which ones they are, so... Uh, yeah, well, the, the, uh, I've got the theme. For, should, should, should I play the, the theme and then you tell everybody... Yeah, because uh, I, I was I was told by some a friend of mine uh, who I think was Dean, says uh, that uh, this, this is better than the Enterprise theme, which is not difficult. So here we go, the theme...
that was a free advert for the program. We weren't doing copyright issues. There you go. Free advert. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome, CBS All Access. Uh, we won't even charge you. Uh, but yes, uh, so for a lot of you out there, um, and I'm sure uh, our friends over at Discussing Trek will be talking about this as well. Um, Star Trek Lower Decks premiered, I think it was uh, Thursday or Friday on CBS All Access, uh, which uh, I think it's only out in the US at the moment. I don't know if it's going to have a an international release just yet uh, in the UK or anything. Mike's with but, us. Um, was that? Mike's back with us. Oh, cool. Hello, Mike. Um, so, yeah, Star Trek Lower Decks. Uh, it's a 25-minute animated show which follows um, the sh- basically one of the, the other ships. One of the other ships. Uh, the, the ship that we uh, en- uh, encounter in the first episode, I don't know if we're following the same ship, but it's uh, the, the species. Anyway, um, we're following a group of technicians and you know lower, lower, lower ranks. Some of it's their first time on a ship, etc. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's a bit Rick and Morty. It's a bit, it's, it's a very silly. If you don't like silly Star Trek, then this is not the show for you. Um, but it's a fun cartoon. This is why I don't understand fans, because a lot of them, either, it's, I think it seems to be a love-hate kind of a thing at the moment. Um, but I think it's great, because when I was growing up and we'd watch Star Trek, uh, and then we'd go play Star Trek, you'd make up all sorts of things that you would do if you had a transporter, you know, oh, well, I'll just do, I'm going to do a, tra- I'm going to transport over to there. Uh, you know, uh, but, oh, you, you tried to stab me. Oh, I transported again. You know, it's all, this just really ridiculous stuff that we'd come up with in our imaginations when we're playing this TV show and all the ridiculous scenarios you'd, if you're sitting there at a fan club meeting, he's like, Hey, wouldn't it be funny if they did this on the holodeck? You know, and that's all the stuff that's in this show because it's probably written by guys like us that had all these crazy ideas. And so I don't understand the pushback from some people on it, but I kind of enjoyed it. Uh, is it perfect? It's, it's, it's all right. It's, it, you get this kind of nice introduction to most of the characters. Uh, I know Dave did have, uh, uh, I, I showed him a clip and, and cause if you go to CBS all access, there's a, uh, some trailers and clips and stuff there. Of course, ZBS All Access is a subscription platform um, in America. So we just happen to have it at the moment through Amazon Prime. Um, but yeah, so I'm not basically saying you should buy it, I'm just giving you a review of the episode. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's not bad. One of the lead characters talks a little too fast. Oh. She's a bit hyper of a character, and she see, see, I knew what is, I knew, I knew what your problem was because when I was watching it, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I watched it like, I watched it two or three times, and uh, yeah, her dialogue is hard to catch. I'm hoping that that is something that gets back to them and that they, you know, adjust her, you know, fact, her delivery the- down, or or at least adjust the episodes they have 
already done where they can slow her down a little bit because in the first episode i don't think it's too much spoiler but she does a lot of exposition and a lot of funny kind of easter eggy stuff like she starts rattling off star trek characters uh some obscure some not and you know but the problem is she rattles through them so quickly that it's just uh yeah i mean i understand there's a fine line between like being really obvious hey do you know counselor troy do you know deanna troy it's like oh could you be any more obvious you really drug it out but the the, the delivery's too fast and it you know if it pisses off dave yeah, yeah. Well, well that's the well not that particular what she's saying but that that character forms the main part of the clip so if i can play that now mm. that might be a good thing and i think we should just also yeah. say just in case you didn't clarify it it is an adult cartoon i, I don't think it's overtly adult but it's not it is it's no, for it's, teenage young teenagers you know teenagers like ian family i'd, I'd say like family viewing like i'd, yeah. I'd watch it with your kids don't let your kids watch it on their own yeah here's the clip Captain's Log, Stardate 57436.2. The Cerritos is docked at Douglas Station for routine maintenance and resupply. We will soon set course for the capital planet on the Galar system, where we're scheduled to make second contact with the Galardonian High Council. First contact is a delicate, high-stakes operation of diplomacy. One must be ready for anything when humanity is interacting with an alien race for the first time. But we don't do that. Our specialty is second contact. Still pretty important. We get all the paperwork signed, make sure we're spelling the name of the planet right, get to know all the good places to eat. <gasps> oh my god, what are you doing? Uh, nothing, nothing, nothing. Oh just... no, oh no, 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 no. <gasps> are you pretending to do a captain's log? <laughs> we're all supposed to keep logs. Okay, let me listen to it. No, go away. <laughs> I can't believe you're no, wasting no. your shore leave on this. Privacy, please. Okay, time to go. Come on, Privacy. Let's go. Come on. Are you drunk? Yeah, dude, you should be too. I mean, this station is amazing. And they have Romulan whiskey. And I bet you thought it was going to be green, but it is actually blue. It's this very beautiful color. Romulan whiskey is against regulation. Yeah, because it's awesome. Oh, man, they got all sorts of great stuff. Oh, oh, oh come on, check this out. Ah, be uh, careful yeah. with that. Pretty sweet, right? Yeah, it's a Klingon bat, um, bat, uh, bat. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. It doesn't matter. Shut up. I got it from an old guy with an iPad. I'm fading out of that thing, but I thought I was playing it at the wrong speed, that clip that you gave me. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, very, yeah, very, very fast. So I hope that's something that they adjust because I think it will help out with people's enjoyment of her lines because some of the stuff that she says is really, really funny, but I still have trouble with that first part. Is, is you know, we should talk about the black death and all that. It's like, you know, half of it gets lost. And so what's the point of writing it if that nobody can hear it, you know? Mm. But yeah, um, I found it for the first episode. I mean, they're, they're releasing it episodically, so um, I'm assuming next Thursday. It's Thursday. They're dropping each episode Thursday or Friday. Um, there'll be a, a new one up on CBS All Access. Uh, if I didn't mention it before, the same is true with Muppets Now. I think episode two came out on Friday, um, so and they will continue to release every Friday as many episodes as there are out there so but yeah so that's my little review of, of uh, Lower Decks I think it's kind of a neat look at you know other people there's some neat stuff that they do in here and I, as a Star Trek fan I kind of urge 
other Star Trek fans to watch it because of some of the things that they do for Star Trek fans. That, for example, on the first one, there is this whole outbreak. Um, it's a cartoon. I know I'm not worried about spoilers. Uh, <laughs> and it's the first episode. Um, there's an outbreak, and there are people like going like zombies and stuff and eating other people. But there's some lower decks people up in the the mass hall and stuff, and they're just like hiding out of the way while all the if you would think about if there was another camera crew on the ship following the bridge crew, you know, they're the ones saving the day. But the the lower decks people are just like, we're not trained for this. We'll hide behind a table. And I found that kind of really neat that they're, they're following that aspect. And then they're like, they get out of the mess hall and like, well, better go to the, the, the rally point. Because there's an emergency, right? They're not going, no, Captain, I'm going to stay with you. They're doing what they're told to do because that's that's the job, you know. Go fix this maintenance hatch. Then, you know, degauss this and do that. And then take lunch and then report to such, you know. They're just doing their daily jobs. <laughs> so there's a whole bit where they, they uh, spacewalk <laughs> uh, around the outside of the ship to get to the rally point. And... Uh, you know, inadvertently end up saving the day. Um, so there's a bit of heroism in there, but they get completely overlooked. So I just really enjoy what it, it does with the whole idea. Um, hope it doesn't get too old too quick and uh, doesn't make too many uh, fart jokes along the way. Uh, I'd like it to be some clever humor and and the, i like kind of the way it plays with with a format that i'm more familiar with you don't need to know what the ships can do uh like one of the guys on there he's he's like super obsessed with being on a starship and with those people up on the bridge just like we are so it's our window in is, is the main character he's he just wants to be uh in the captain's chair and uh and uh our fast talking friend she doesn't want anything to do with any responsibility up there and so it, it's kind of neat. She's like, just relax. Here, let's get on the holodeck. See all these naked men. <laughs> um, you know, so you've got that kind of humor. You don't see angry or anything. The bits I saw, uh, and by the way, I think at the end, the, the clip you sent me at the end, was uh, it was almost seemed to mm. be like a review of the next two or three episodes. It didn't seem to be... Like, like this next time. Yeah, it's just a, it's like a mishmash of like what to expect coming up, which is good because, you know, you can't really do a next time for a 25-minute cartoon because right. you give most of it away. Right. What do you think about the actual style of animation they've gone for? It was like a, a fairly clean um, 2D, 2D type of style animation. A bit Jetson-y like, I yeah. thought. I liked it. It was nice and clean because, I mean, that's one thing. Is I mean, Star Trek's never been, oh, yeah, Deep Space Nine and stuff, but Star Trek's never really been gritty. It's always been fairly clean, and that's where we're kind of basing this off of the, the cleanliness. And it has some nice clean lines on there, and I kind of like it. Yeah, uh, they handle the the um, the ships quite well in the animation. They look kind of they almost look like toys in a way in the animation frames because they may move kind of like through a 3d space, but then the, the, the onboard animations more 2d, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it suits it. I'm not thrown by it. That's, that's my main criteria when I go into something like that, that where they're animated, especially if they're animating something you're already familiar with, 
it's it is kind of important as to what it looks like and you know like i said the crisp lines that are on it yeah. you know on the uniforms and everything and you know we're familiar with the colored schemes of of star trek in it and it and it falls right in line with that it's good yeah, it, yeah i i'm for for what it is, a twenty five minute, basically the Flintstones or yeah. Jetsons, uh, you know, it could it be something else later on? I'm I'm willing to wait and see what the guy does with it because uh, the Orville, which unfortunately I don't know if we're going to get season three. I'll have to remember to bring some information about that next time. Um, but like that, uh, the Orville started off as kind of a big Dick and Fart joke um family guy live action you know star trek but it ended up growing a bit of its own star trekedness and you know um involving some more in-depth storylines and you know more interesting you know things rather than just being silly uh so yeah um i'm interested to see how it... oh yes uh at mike says uh didn't I even recognized Jerry O'Connell in Lower Decks. Yeah. Uh, I forgot to look and see where he was in there. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, Jerry O'Connell, who, of course, has been in a lot of things, including Sliders. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, one of yep. the things, I, I thought the animation was a little bit, If you you must have seen the the original Star Trek animated series. It was a little bit like that with this, uh, you say, the black lines around the actual the figures. Um, you know, it, yeah. it was like that had been updated and 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 put on speed dial. Right. Yeah, I I mean I I like it. It's a bit brick and morty, which it's a yeah. it's a popular kind of thing. You know, the, the the faces and stuff. You know, you get the big eyes and the um, but they've got the nice round pupils, not the like the yeah hastily drawn brick and morty ones. Uh, but yeah, there's there's just a kind of clean lines to it. Just just like it, it, it to me, it fits Star Trek. It looks yeah. like Star Trek. You know, it suits it. That's a, a nice way of putting it. Did, did you what you said? I mean, I'm not an anim- I, but by no means am I an animation expert. I just, you know, for me, it, it does kind of suit it, and it appeals to. I know it appeals to people who watch things like Rick and Morty and things like that. It's a. Did you some watch style. it with you or not? Megan, Megan watched it, um, but Callum hasn't watched it with me. Well, he it did come out, but you know. As long as if it's not on YouTube, yeah. <laughs> everyone say, "Hey, you should watch this YouTube video and see if you'll watch it." <laughs> okay, well, I so. think I think I think you've covered it enough. I mean, uh, I'm assuming that you're going to watch this. Yeah, yeah the next one comes out on yeah. August 13th. Yep. Yeah, uh, it'll be yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it develops. I'll report back later. Yeah, so every Thursday they was come out. Uh, and like I said, Muppets Now uh, comes out every Friday on Disney+. Plus. Um, if I haven't said it before, check around some of your um, phone provider and uh, internet providers for any specials and stuff. I inadvertently, I, walked, I was going through my app on my phone and I found out through Verizon, I got um, Disney Plus for free for a year. Wow. Um, and then I got, um, I'm currently enjoying um, Apple Music for six months for free. Um, so, and especially now that there's all these, you know, 
because of lockdowns, so, yeah. et cetera, there's, they're, 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 people are desperate to get your business. So make sure before you sign up to things uh, to make sure that there's not a deal out there of some kind, at least if you, uh, especially things like CBS All Access and things like that. If uh, um, I think there's a one month trial floating around out there at the moment for CBS All Access. And, uh, but if you were to wait, a couple of weeks, then when you sign up, you will have plenty of time to uh, stream, you know, a whole bunch of stuff all at once for a month right. and see well, how you like it. I've heard a so, couple of things uh, yeah, about just, that. One is that, like, Disney have already got 100 million subscribers. Fantastic, because, of course, oh, yeah. people were buying, you could get th- six months free subscription if you bought some hardware. But, of course, with the right. second series of Mandalorian coming out, uh, they'll probably yeah. drop the offers before that comes out because they know. Oh, yeah, first taste people, is first, yeah. Like any good drug dealer, the first taste is free. <laughs> you, you, you know, I mean, no, I'm I, serious. I mean, it's, it's a good business model yeah. to, to give people who are already, who you already know consume digital content. In other words, me with my uh, data plan at Verizon. Yeah. Um, and say, here, come and, come and check out our content. We're bound to stay, um, and especially when they load content on like Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, and there, actually, there's a couple of movies that I didn't have in 4K that now I can watch in 4K. They just added to Disney Plus. I think it must have been this week. The first X-Men movie. Um, right. Ryan Singer aside, um, it looked really good actually for for the upgrade into 4K. Well- um it was really uh, because I remember getting it on DVD and it was still relatively grainy looking and uh, I was a bit disheartened. But um, and so I hadn't hadn't bought that in any other iteration. But uh, that's the good thing about Disney Plus is that, you know they're constantly adding more and more content and of course they just got the license of course from 20th century. Well, they just bought 20th yeah, century Fox, yeah, yeah. and so now they have all of the X Men movies, and so they've been slowly adding the entire set in. So, um, but yeah, just the 4K content and everything. Um, well, well, that was I one think, of the reasons why uh, I'm watching uh, Smallville again because I I bought the whole ten series in DVD. Right. Remember, we did the show where mostly me and Darth talked about. Smallville and covered it, um, but mm. it's looking better streaming because uh, but it's it's obviously not uh, ultra Blu-ray, but it's certainly Blu-ray quality. Uh, and all right. my DVDs, they're on the shelf right behind me. Tent, right. and and they must have cost me that equivalent to about forty nine, forty forty five quid. So they cost me what two hundred fifty quid for that lot, maybe more. And now, you, yeah. So I mean, when you think of the price of streaming, I mean, if if you bought just, I mean, what, what I can't remember what I got. Uh, what, oh yes, I got uh, Amazon Prime. I think I went for the pay a full year up front. I think it was something like fifty nine, sixty pound. Well, I could only buy th- like right. three three Blu rays for that. Yeah. See, we we already have Hulu. Um, which is part owned by Disney. Um, and they have a, so when our Disney plus expires through Verizon, we're going to try and transfer that to our Hulu subscription because they have a, 
Right. They have a bunch of bundle deals with Hulu. Right. So you get Hulu, ESPN, and Disney Plus. And it's like, I don't need ESPN, but it's part of the package. Um, so, uh, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things that, 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 that it's really good now because, you know, now you can just dial up this content whenever you want. It really is kind of ridiculous. I mean, compared to even when I grew up, Dave, I mean, I know it was even, it was even scarcer when you were growing up. Um, you know, that our sources of entertainment are so varied now. It's like we can even watch now because of lockdown, we can now watch um, stage shows. Hamilton, they put Hamilton on Disney Plus and they put it on there for free for crying out loud. And it just, it, I swear, probably broke the internet, but that's great. I mean, we're, we've got basically to a point now that we can access so many things. Um, oh yeah, and, Ken was talking about. Yeah, and we're and we're continuing to upgrade the quality of the stuff that we used to have. Like, like we're to bring this full circle. We'll talk about the yeah. the uh, you know the upgrade of, of, of old, upgrading old some show. of these old movies with yeah. the 4K. It's just you know, yeah, excellent. But yeah, for 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 a couple of guys who didn't have anything to talk about, we did all right. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I hardly promoted my uh, other show, never isolated. Show ID seven nine one zero double six seven, and the latest one is Quiz sixty. Oh, are you any good on cowboy movies, Ian? No. I hate cowboy movies. You don't know any music because the, the audio round in that is 12 cow let me try you with one let's see if you can guess what the name of this film is you must have got that I know the no uh, I don't know the name I know the music but Magnificent Seven. Okay. Well, right. Well, I mean, it's no point in doing that. <laughs> right, th- try, this, Sorry. try this one then. One more. No. No idea. It's just uh, I was born under a wandering star. Lee Marlin, no, I wouldn't have got that. Anyway, uh, that's the... Uh, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't like Cowboy. Yeah, so search it out. You'll find Never Isolated on uh, Talk Shoe. Uh, Ian, we're, we're, what's the yes. last episode of uh, 20 Megabyte Podcast you're on? Are you, are you on one more to come? I'm on. I'm actually on the one they just did today because uh, uh, I'm a Time Lord. Uh <laughs> No, uh, I, I did send in some audio feedback to be featured on the uh, most recent episode, which they recorded today. It should be out in the feeds, I think, either to, I think to Monday or Tuesday is when Adam usually puts them up. But you can try them. You can find them on um, Facebook, uh, the 20 Megabyte Doctor Who podcast, and all sorts of other things there on iTunes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's a wonderful group of people who get to, go to talk about Doctor Who. And uh, at the moment, we're talking about, uh, we're going through and doing a rewatch of Doctor Who, and we're currently uh, talking about the uh, column Baker Years. And we 
they just today did uh, Revelation of the Daleks, which I couldn't be there for, but uh, oh. the previous episode was Time Lash. Um, but I, I, I made that choice, actually. That we div- um, for those of you who don't know, the reason why we diverted to recording this week as opposed to last week is because last week was Time Lash, and I wanted to be there to defend Time Lash um, because I knew Revelation was not going to get I mean, we, 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 we lovingly uh, talk about our favorite show and the silly things that happened in 80s television and whatever. So, um, but I knew it wasn't in any, any danger of really being, you know, <laughs> kicked yeah. around too much. So I figured I'd, I'd, I'd be there for Time Lash and it's time of need. And okay. it's time Lash of need. Well, just on the final note. Oh, so, yeah, then... we've been hanging out. So, yeah. uh, and I'll be back with them, hopefully. Um, for uh, the start of the trial of Time Lord. Well, you might need to make note of this, Danny, because we we uh, plan to be back for our September monthly meetup on Sunday, September the 6th, for episode 371, as, of course, this episode has been 370. So, uh, at the moment, it will be September the 6th, we're back, and I say that for Cy, Bob, and Mike, uh, are also in the room with us, and we did have a guest, Seven, that joined yeah. us briefly. I wonder if that uh, was Jeff, might have been. Uh, anyway, uh, Ian, are you going to play the uh, the clip out and do all the work at the end now, or what? All the work? Yeah, what, talk? Yeah, yeah, I'll do all the talking. Yeah, I got the, I, I, I do have the, uh, the, the outro. I think I do. Any second. I just uh, recently just redone everything, uh, so uh, yeah. uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, let me, let me play the outro clip. Then you say the words, and I'll play the music. Well, if, it, if it goes, if it goes pear shaped, you can play it. Okay. So anyway, there's there's nothing left to say as, as I drive us towards this cliff. Uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us. We'll be back next month, like Dave said. Uh, catch Dave's uh, Never Isolated podcast. Check me out on 20 Megabyte. Check Mike Randall Thor out at... Uh, oh, God, it's, it's, it's still a rap project, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, yeah. Thanks for joining us, and until next time, it's goodbye from Mr. Dave AC. And it's goodbye from Ian, the Sixth Doctor. Goodbye, everybody. Control, new nope, agent training it. program. Section <laughs> <laughs> Almost. Radio Free Camelon. There you go. It gave me a chance. It's Radio Free Camelon. He did it on purpose. I know. I did. I did. <laughs> He's not done the rep project in over 10 years. That's how my memory is. It's still in there. That's your fault. Stuck in the 80s. Anyway. Radio Free Camelon. They didn't say anything about rats. <laughs> you going to play that clip? Because I don't have it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Did we used to say Seamless. No, it was this one. <laughs> Speak of certain things that's 10 years old, that out, your outro is 10 years old. Because this one we invented in 2014. Goodbye, everybody. 11 strange years.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.